have your Bibles, you will notice that Matthew chapter 8, it looks to me like two men listened to the Sermon on the Mount from chapters 5 through 7 and did what they heard. How many of you have ever come to church? Walked out the door and forgot what was said. Other than me. You know, I think it's so important that you take something from the message and apply it in your life every week. If you do that, it will build you into a great Christian. Now, in order for that to happen, you have to be here. So I want to encourage you to come faithfully. I'd love to encourage you to come Sunday nights and hear from Ephesians. It'll help you grow. Wednesday night, uh, look, I, I know people are busy, but let me ask you this question. Do you have anything more important to do than to hear from the Lord? So, if the Redskins practiced once a week and the other teams practiced five times a week, who do you think would be better? In theory. Excuse me, the commanders. I'm sorry. There is no such thing as the Redskins anymore. Well, what I'm trying to say to you is the more you're able to come and be faithful, I just urge you to do that, consider that, put it on your schedule, uh, make it important for you uh, so you can learn things. So uh, let me back up now. Chapter 5, flipping your Bible to chapter 5, Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. Notice chapter 5, verse 1, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them. And so he taught several things for the next three chapters. And I'm just going to draw your attention to a, a, maybe a half a dozen of them as we go through because these are in preparation for what happened in chapter 8, verse 1 through about 13. So I want you to notice it's really important. So let, don't get lost yet. Notice if you would, he gives the Beatitudes, things that are great and things that would give you an exceeding reward in heaven. Look in verse number 12, rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is your reward in heaven. If people persecute you, say things about you that are not true because you're a Christian. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. So he said, look, when you get criticized for doing right because you're a Christian, he said, you got a reward in heaven for it. Notice in verse 13 through 16, look at what he says in verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. So good works are for the men in this world to see Christ in us. And then notice, if you would, he says, if somebody has something against you. Uh, number three, if somebody's got something against you. Notice, if you would, in verse number 23, therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar... And there remembers thy brother hath thought against thee. Leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way and first be reconciled. So he said, look, when you're in church and you come to the altar and you say, Lord, I, I, I want to be close to you. And he says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Do you remember that neighbor that you mistreated the other day or that person you said that something? Go back and make that right first and then come back. So he's teaching little lessons that are big 
to people. Keep reading. Look over in verse number 44 of chapter 5. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Well, that's a tough one. So these people are listening, sitting on this mountain. There's thousands of them. And he said, look, love your enemies. Wow. First time I ever heard that. Now notice verse 6, chapter 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and though thou shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Then he says, when you pray, use not vain repetitions. Don't say, oh, Lord, 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 or, or uh, uh, repeti- repeating things that, uh, uh, that you think would count, that God hears you say uh, things over and over again and says, oh, he's really serious. How many of you ever were in school and you talked and your teacher sent you home and said, write on a piece of paper and bring it back to me tomorrow. I will not talk in school um, 50 times. How many of you ever had to do something like that? Raise your hand. Let me see your hands. Okay. All right. I had to do that. All right. But I, I didn't go back to school. Uh, I didn't go back to school and say, okay, I wrote it 50 times. I just got a cramp. That's what I got. I didn't really learn that much other than, well, I don't want to do that again. It's a punishment. Well, many people say, Lord, Lord, would you hear me? Lord, would you hear me? Lord, would you hear me? Or they say repetitive things, and the Lord says, don't do that. Come to me in private and talk with me. When thou, was, when thou prayest, go into thy closet and shut thy door, and I'll answer in public. He's teaching them how to pray. Then right after that, he gives the Lord's Prayer. But then notice, if you would, in verse 19, he says, Lay not up treasures for yourself on earth. But he says, verse 20, Lay up to yourselves treasures in heaven. In other words, treat people right and, and, and be good to people and, and do the things that you ought to do and lay, you're laying up treasures in heaven. Notice verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if you're trying to amass wealth, he says, well, that's where your treasure is here. Nothing wrong with saving, but living is better for him. Shining your light is better. Now, keep in mind, all these different things he's teaching. Now, keep, in, keep with me if you wouldn't look at verse number 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He said, look, I want you to put me first, and I'll take care of all your needs. If you put me first, if you go to your closet, close the door and talk to me, he said, I'll answer. And notice chapter 7 and verse number 7. Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. Uh, For everyone that asketh, receiveth. Now, these men were sitting there, people, thousands of them. Some walked to me and said, oh, that guy's a kook. Some people walked to me and said, well, you know, hmm. Interesting. Notice, if you would, in verse 21 of chapter 7. Not every one of you that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But notice verse number 22. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and thy name, cast out devils in thy name, done many wonderful works? In verse 23, then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Look, you did a lot of good deeds, but you did those for yourself because I don't know who you are. 
So that tells me there are a lot of unsaved people sitting on that mountainside and listening to those chapters. And so it tells me today, look, uh, make sure Jesus knows who you are today. Make sure you're his child. That's one of the principles he's teaching. And then he goes to verse 24, and he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, I'll and doeth them, I'll liken him to a wise man. Then he gives the story of the wise man building his house upon a rock and not on the sand. Nobody in this room would build your house upon a sand, but you'd build it on a rock. When they were building the big wall behind us that's 900 feet long and 19 feet tall, there were a couple times they had to go all the way down to bedrock, and they kept digging and digging and digging and digging and filling in with water. They finally got down to bedrock, pumped out the water, and poured in the concrete. And they went all the way down. Why? Because of this passage right here. When a storm comes, you don't want your foundations to move. He says, when the storms of life come, you need to be my child. Now, chapter 8. I can guarantee you, I don't know it for sure, it's a supposition, but the next two people in Scripture were there. They heard what Jesus said. Now, why is it that we don't rely upon the Lord today? Well, could be we haven't heard the Lord's able. I mean, you, you've never been taught that He can do anything if we ask Him. Maybe you haven't cleaned up your life yet. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Maybe you are still got your treasures on the things of this life. So when you pray, the Lord Jesus is not hearing. But if we put him first, walk right, know him as Savior, we have a firm foundation because we put our faith and trust in him. He says, you have not because you ask not. I think some people are self-sufficient. They don't like to rely upon other people. I'm sure there's a lot of people in this room like that. You got a good job. You make your own money. uh, You don't want to rely upon somebody else. And when you talk to the Lord Jesus, you have to say, Lord, could I talk to you? We don't want to do that. We'll just struggle to figure it out ourselves. We're scared to trust him. But I think there's another reason. We don't really believe that he'll do it. We're just not sure he will answer. So why waste his time and mine? But I think the last thing is perhaps we're not desperate enough. Matthew chapter 8. And I want to quickly go through these two quick people. And I hope you get the idea at the end of the message. When he was come down from the mount, great multitudes followed him. But only one guy got healed. Well, actually two. But notice what happens. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt. There's somebody that believes. There's somebody that knows he is able. Here's somebody that's desperate. He said, Lord, I'm a leper. Lepers don't get cured. There's no cure for leprosy. 
But Lord, if you were willing, you could cure me. Now that is faith. That is trust. That is reliance upon the Lord. Notice what he says and in verse number 2. Lord, if thou wilt. Lord, if you wanted to. Lord, it's not a question of your power. I know you can do it. And I'm asking you that thou canst make me clean. Will you do it? And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. Now, number one, nobody in their right mind touches a leper. As a matter of fact, lepers were told to stay away. They put a cloth across their mouth. Uh, that's the first COVID-19 on his leper. And you put it across your mouth, and you weren't allowed to be close to people. And they got near you and say, leper, 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 leper. And so they strayed away from you. They were outcasts. He walked right up to Jesus. He wasn't fearful of Jesus contracting leprosy. He said, Lord, I know you. I heard what you said on that mountain. And you said, I don't have because I don't ask. I'm asking, would you heal me? Would you do the impossible for me? Jesus reached out and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. Now, let me ask this question before I go any further. Do you believe Jesus can do that for your burdens and problems today? James says we have not because we ask not. Now, there was a whole lot more to the Sermon on the Mount. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Let your works shine. Forgive those that have offended you. If you've caused an offense, you go make it right before you pray. But if we're walking right and we've put the Lord first and our treasures in heaven and you saw those things and we have a firm foundation, Jesus is our Savior, this leper walked right up with a holy boldness and said, Lord, would you do the impossible for me? And the Lord reached out and touched the leper and said, I will. And he went away clean. I wonder how many of us carrying burdens, weights, that Jesus wants to cure, wants to heal. Now, let me explain this to you. Anybody here ever asked for something and didn't get it and later on said, wow, I'm glad I didn't get that? I'm glad that person that didn't hear me. I've done that with the Lord. I thank the Lord this morning for something I asked him to help do me, help me do, to do for me 44 years ago, 45 years ago. And he didn't. And I was so disappointed. But this year, I'm reaping the benefits of when he didn't answer that prayer. But at the time, I was gravely disappointed. So when I pray, I say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. That's in that sermon. 
Not my will, Lord, but thine be done. But you can ask anything as long as you come up in this altar, as long as you sit beside your bed, close your door in your closet, and you, your heart is right, and he is first, and your desire is to please him. And you say, Lord, this is what I want. If it be your will, would you answer? Yes or no? I'm going to wait on that. But would we be happy walking out of there saying, I know he heard me, and I'll trust him. So now... Let's go to the second person. Verse 5. And when Jesus was entered to Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now, this is a man of position. He's a Roman soldier, and the Romans looked down on the Jews, and they especially looked down on Jesus. And by the way, they were the ones that crucified Jesus. So they didn't look at Jesus as somebody important. But this centurion... How did he know who Jesus was? I believe he was at the Sermon on the Mount, maybe keeping guard, listening to see if this guy was crazy or not. Among the other thousands, perhaps he took off his, his Roman garb and, and uh, no longer people could tell he was a centurion because he had a burden. He had a concern that he could not take care of. And so he was there listening, and he says, well, I can do that. I could ask him. I, 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 I could put him first. I could trust him. I could lay up my treasure in heaven. I, I could do all those things. I could say, Lord, would you, would you do this for me? And if you choose not to, I'm okay with it because it's what you think is best. So notice what happens. When the centurion was entered into when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. Now, this is a Roman soldier. He tells people what to do. He didn't ask. He's got a hundred soldiers under him. Hey, go do this, John. Hey, go do that, John. Hey, guard that guy. Take that prisoner over there. Hey, he is somebody. Verse 6, and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Now, in, in doing a little study about this palsy, it is when your muscles on one side of your body or someplace begin to loosen. Your nerves don't work anymore, and you, 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 your, your arm doesn't work. But this one, this particular type of palsy where you're grievously tormented usually affects the lungs where the muscles, I don't know how this all works for you to be able to breathe in and out, don't work very well, and you begin to struggle to breathe. And this Roman soldier said, he's my servant. I bought him and paid for him. Now, he should have been a piece of his assets. But this Roman soldier had the heart of God. And he looked at him and said, oh, I wished I could help you. Oh, I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm sure he had doctors to come, and they said, oh, he's got the palsy. It's in his lungs. He's not going to make it. And somehow, I don't know why or how, but this 
centurion, this important Roman soldier says, but he's important to me. I love him. He had compassion on somebody that didn't deserve it. I think the first thing that the Lord wants to see in our hearts is that we love people that don't deserve it. We don't look down at anybody. Now, notice if you would. So you see the subject of his burden. But I want you to notice if you would. In, in, in verse number 6, I, I, I think you all see the sadness in his heart. He, he's dying. He's struggling to breathe. His arm doesn't work. We have to take care of him. But that wasn't always him. He was one of our best workers. Something's happened to him. I want him to have help. And notice in verse number 7, And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. Um, this Roman centurion goes to Jesus and said, I, I, Now notice what he does. He says, beseeching him, Would you please help my servant? And Jesus says, okay, I'll come and help him. Now, most of the time and all the time from my heart, I would be thrilled because, thrilled because Jesus is coming. I think we, now this is a real lesson we need to learn. If he's physically coming, I know he'll be healed. But it takes a whole lot more faith when you can't see Jesus and you talk to him and say, Lord, could you heal him without coming for me to see you? And that's all of us. And the lesson we can learn is what Jesus was trying to teach this, uh, this centurion. I don't have to physically be there to do what you need. And it's a lesson for all of us to learn. He doesn't have to physically be in the bedroom to take care of your son or daughter that's ill. He doesn't have to be here to take care of your financial issue. He doesn't have to be here to take care of uh, the, the bad news you got the other day or the bad news you got last year. He doesn't have to be here to help you find another job. He hears you from heaven. And he's trying to teach this centurion, I can heal him. The centurion's story is to help us learn that we can talk to our heavenly Father, we can talk to the God of heaven because of what he said in the Sermon on the Mount, and we can bring to him any burden, and if we'll trust him, then he'll do what we ask. Notice, if you would, in verse number 7, he says, I will come and heal him. Look at verse 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou should come under my roof. There was a humility there. He said, oh, Lord. He never brought up he's a centurion. He said, oh, oh, I, I, now he must have lived in a nice home, nicer than everybody else's, because it's a Roman centurion. He's a little older. He's had salary for a while. He's got more. But he says, no place is good enough for you. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. If I had my choice, and I'm trying to learn this lesson, Lord, I sure wish you'd come, and I just wished I could see you once and increase my faith, know your 
alive, real. Anybody here ever like to have caught a glimpse of Jesus just to confirm your heart other than me? Anybody like that? And the Lord says, look, learn the lesson of the centurion. I don't have to be here to hear you. I can do it from heaven. And I will do it from heaven. But you have not because you asked not. Well, you haven't put me first yet. Well, you haven't prayed treating me as a friend. And this centurion goes up to the Lord and said, Lord, please, I'm begging you. Would you heal my servant? There's nobody else, Lord. I've been to the doctors. There's nobody can help. Lord, you're my last hope, my only hope. And Jesus says, I will come. He says, oh, you don't need to. Do you have a humble enough heart to say, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I need you. Do you understand this? I can preach a sermon, alliterate it, illustrate it, but I can't speak to hearts. Only God can do that. In order to be the pastor that God wants me to be, I have to have his power and blessing, or you'll go away and say, oh, it's nice. I don't want that. I want you to leave here today and know that if you've done the Sermon on the Mount in your heart, forgiven people, good to people that don't deserve it, put the Lord first, he says, ask and you shall receive. It's not a problem with his power. It's a problem with our purity. When we do what we're supposed to do, he always does what he's going to do. If we ask for something we shouldn't, he says, I can't give you that, son, but I'll bless you anyway. I want you to notice this. Verse number eight, the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Are we humble enough to ask? Are we desperate enough to ask that thou should come under my roof? But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. He went to Jesus, never expecting him to come personally, but just speak the word. You have authority. He said, look, I have authority. Look, notice what he says. I am a soldier under authority, and having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. You know why? It was the faith that Jesus could, if he wanted to, do anything we asked. And he says, wow, that guy's got faith. Does your faith marvel the Lord Jesus? Does mine? If you get alone in your closet and get on your knees and say, Lord, it's me. I'm nobody. I'm not worthy of you coming physically here. Lord, I know you're there and I know you hear me. And I'm desperate. I need you. I need a job. I'm desperate. I need you. I need healing. When I'm desperate, I need you. I need you to heal my brother. Verse 10, 
he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, not on Israel. This man is a Roman soldier. I haven't found one Israelite that's got this kind of faith. Do you know what he does? Notice, if you would, verse number 13. Jesus said unto the centurion, it's in your bulletin. I put it in the back of your bulletin or the middle of your bulletin just so that you'll know this verse and not forget it. Jesus saith unto the centurion, go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so it be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Today, do you believe? Have you trusted him as your Savior? Is he your rock? Is he first? Do your works point toward him to others? Do you forgive those that have hurt you? You pray for those that despitefully use you. When you get on your knees in that condition, I'm not worthy. Lord, I need you. He says, I will because I can and I love you. Today, are you walking through life without your prayers answered because you don't ask us because we don't clean ourselves or because we don't believe? But if we do those three things, he says, I want you to notice here, he said, I will. And he went away and his servant was healed. Today, don't leave here without knowing that he is able, willing, and he loves you. Will you talk to him? Let's bow our heads forward to prayer this morning. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know I'm going to heaven. I've never really gotten down on my knees and asked him like I should, and I need to be saved this morning. I'd like to get it settled. Could I encourage you? Let me pray for you this morning. You say, Pastor, I'm a good person. I've done this. I've done that. But I've never come to Christ and asked him a Savior to save me. I've, I've never repented of my sin like, like and gone to my closet and got down with him and just done business with God and him alone. I, I've never really done that. But I'd like to get it settled. Would you let me pray for you this morning? Just slip up your hand all over the room. Nobody's looking. Just raise your hand. Let me pray for you this morning. Just put it up. Pastor, I'd like to get it settled. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. You'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know. Would you just slip it up? Let me pray for you. I'll just pray for you. That's it, okay? Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? Anybody else along with this one? Somebody else? I'm sure there's many. I know it takes courage. But remember, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us. We're going to have a word of prayer in just a moment. Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I'm carrying a burden, and I'd like for Jesus to help me with it. Would you pray for me? Would you slip up your hand? Just let me pray with you. I just want, yes, yes, yes. I see hands all over. Yes, many hands. Yes, yes. Not too late. I have a word of prayer in just a moment. We're going to have a word of prayer. Maybe you want to come to this altar and say, Lord, I need you. You have not because you ask not. James chapter 4 and verse 3. Lord Jesus, speak to our hearts today. Lord, the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And two men walked off that mount apparently and 
trusted you and you healed them both, gave both their requests to them. Father, would you give us our request today? Would you hear the prayers of your people today? And Lord, those that don't know they're on the way to heaven, help them get it settled. In your name we pray. Amen.